glorify you today. Have you come to give him praise? Let's bless them together, church. We've got a new song this morning. It's a good clapping song.
Standing on your word 
shepherd, Lord Jesus. You take care of us, oh God. Oh Lord, just give us the strength to let you take care of us, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Let's lift the Lord up together, church. Lift your hands and honor his presence. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We lift you and magnify you, oh Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. goes before me, defender behind me, I won't fear, I'm filled with anointing, my cup's overflow.
always guides me. Thank you, Lord. Through mountains and valleys. Thank you, Lord. His joy is refreshing. Hallelujah. Restores my soul. Thank you, Lord. Mercy and goodness. Give me assurance that I'll see his glory face to face sing hallelujah Your spirit lives within me. 
spirit lives. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory. Just a second. Just a, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what the world needs. You have what the world needs. We have what the world needs. Don't, don't sell them short. Don't sell this world short. We are called to bring peace. We have this in us. So let's live by that. Your spirit, oh God, lives in each of us. If we claim you as our Savior, your spirit lives in us. Now let's walk in that. We face troubles on every side. We are tormented. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. We are depressed, but we're not defeated. We go under the water sometimes, but we are above all things because God has put us there. And now we lift you and magnify you. We glorify you, oh Lord Jesus. We bless you. Let us live in this now, oh God. Let us live in this, Lord. Hallelujah. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory, my victory. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory, my victory, Lord. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory, my victory. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory, my victory. You're my victory. You're my victory, you're my victory, you're my victory, you're my victory, you're my victory. Oh, we sing hallelujah to the Lord, hallelujah. And hallelujah, I am not alone. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And he's my. church. Thank him now, church. Thank him. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
worship you. May we see you. Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise today in the house? Aren't you glad to be in church today? Amen. So good to see you here. If it's your first time, we welcome you to Gap Hill. And um, it is our prayer today. I'll tell you up front, we're not here to put on shows. We're not here putting on concerts. We are here to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. It's about Jesus around here. And that's all that matters, to be honest with you today. I've got announcements, but you know what? I'm going to get right into the Word today. Honey, remind me that I have announcements before the day's over. Brian, remind me I have announcements before the day's over. I am an overcomer. This is what I call embracing the victorious spirit. God told us a long time ago, matter of fact, it was thousands of years ago, that God spoke through a man, a very wise man. Nonetheless, he was actually the wisest man to ever live. His name is Solomon. Ever heard of that guy? David was his father. He built a temple that David could not build because David's hands were full of blood, so he raised up his son Solomon to do something his daddy could never do. Solomon being the wisest man, he penned these words a long time ago and he said it this way. He said, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now you thought that preachers were just writing these positive declarations because they wanted to make money. And perhaps that was part of the reason. But it's nonetheless true that when we read our Bible... There are so many positive declarations that we should be making over our lives today, starting today. When Solomon writes to us, he says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. I, I want you to process that for just one moment. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. I mean, that's really hard to grasp for. How powerful is that statement? This point, I could really take it, and I could preach an entire sermon just on the power of the tongue, and I will to an extent. But in layman terms, what it means, meaning I, I wrap it up in a bow nice and neat, I'm going to say it this way. You are what you speak. In other words, when, when, when you watch and they say, you are what you eat, right? We wonder why we have heart attacks, but it was that triple cheeseburger we ate last night. Everybody with me, hallelujah, with the side of very, very greasy fries. Go to Five Guys Burgers. Just get them to put it in the bag for you. You'll see what I'm talking about. Don't put it on your pants or you'll have a grease stain. Some of you ain't, y'all ain't never ate like that. Treat yourself one time, all right, just one time. It won't kill you. You are what you eat. But I declare to you today, according to what God says, that you are what you speak. You are what you say. So in other words, if, if you speak defeat, I promise you today from this pulpit, if you speak defeat over your life, I am telling you right here and right now, you will be defeated. I don't care the prayers that I pray over you, the faith that I have for you, 
If you continuously tell yourself you are defeated, brother, you are defeated. Sister, you are defeated. Let me express this to you in another way. If you, just, if you speak decrease into your life all the time, well, I'm never going to have any more than I have now. I, I guess I'm just going to be poor the rest of my life. I'm, I've never had anything. I'll never have anything. If you speak decrease into your life, you're going to have decrease. If you speak negativity all the time, has anybody ever been around a negative person? Don't you love them to death? They literally drain the living life out of you. They drain the joy out of you. There are some people that when they call me, I really just don't want to talk to them. Because I know that by the time that I get off the phone, they're going to tell me how defeated they are. And by the time they get finished, I'm going to feel like I'm defeated too. And I have no reason to be defeated. If this is a lifestyle that I want to choose to live, then I am always going to have a pessimistic worldview. That means I'm never going to think the world can't get better. There's no good people in the world. Well, I want to tell you, there's still some good people in the world out there today. I hope you're one of them. If the way I think all the time is a defeated spirit, then guess what? I'm going to walk around all the time with a, a bad, pessimistic church view. Which means that I'm going to live in the past all the time and say, man, I wish the church was better than it was. I got news for you. There's still some good churches out there. And for you new folks, because your old ones already know it, you're in one. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. And the reason we're a good church is because this simple fact. We try to preach what thus saith the Bible. That's it. Keep it simple. Talk about Jesus. Give Jesus all the glory. That's a recipe for a great church when you can do that and operate and do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to be careful what you say. But today, I am discussing a powerful and very uplifting sermon for you, a thing today. It is basic. It is simple. But I need everyone in this house to grab this before they leave this building. And I want you to leave saying the same thing I said yesterday morning as I was studying, that is, I am an overcomer. I, I, I want to show you this, that, that, that life, you know, how many, welcome to life, folks. Our kids don't understand it. We tell them about a job, this, that, that, and then when they grow up, they finally understand what it means to have responsibilities. The cell phone you talk on isn't free. The car you drive isn't free. It's called life. And I'm going to tell you something about life. Life is full of challenges. And I'm going to promise you that if you live long enough, you're going to go through some challenges. Some of you are going to go through some very, very hard times. Some of you are going to lose your mama in this thing we call life. You're going to do it at a young age. Some of you may even be born and you may not even know her before, because she dies before you even get old enough to know who mama really is. It happened to your daddy. It may happen to your grandfather, your grandmother. You're going to suffer some losses in your life. You're going to go through some mess because that is what life is. Life is not perfect, folks. Life is a mess. But I can tell you this. The joy that I get out of life is in Jesus Christ. And the joy that I get out of life is not so much what I can gain and what I can do for myself. 
But how I get joy and fulfillment in life is because I want to do everything in my power to make you happy. And I want to do everything in my power to declare to you what thus saith the Lord and tell you, you don't have to live below your means. You can live a life of victory. That is what brings me joy, is telling you there is hope in a hopeless world. This thing is bigger than us. Life is filled with challenges. They come left and right. Life is full of trials. Life is full of tribulations. It's almost like a ranking system. Not college football because that would make some of us upset. But in the spiritual world, challenges is the way it starts. We're challenged with the feet. As it progresses, we get to a place that we feel like, Lord, I'm going through a trial now. This thing just, I can't shake it. I thought at first it was a challenge. It'd be a couple days I could get through this. But now I'm walking through a trial. This thing is deeper than that. And then next thing you know, third ranking, you go into tribulation. Don't ever say this is great tribulation because you don't know what great tribulation is unless you're left behind on this earth when the real great tribulation starts. And you don't want to be a part of that crowd. Tribulation. It may seem to us... That Listen, let's just be real, folks. Life can overwhelm us. Life can nearly shatter us. Life can nearly break us down. It can seem as if we are overwhelmed. And I'm going to be honest with you. At times, we really can feel defeated. Has anybody ever been there? You have prayed for answers. You have sought the Lord. You have waited on the Lord. And now you simply just feel defeated. I am not knocking your feelings because I promise you it's a real thing. And you are going through the trial or the tribulation right now. But I want to be like King David. And I want to say when my heart is overwhelmed, would you lead me to the rock that is higher than I am? The rock is Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen. And it was declared in Matthew, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And every demon from the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I am telling you today that if you're built on the rock, every demon of hell can come against you. But you can shout with encouraging words, I am an overcomer because I have learned to embrace a victorious, not defeated Spirit. Now, when I look up the definition, because I'm a definition junkie, when I look up the definition of the word defeated, it takes me back to English class. There was a present tense, there was a past tense, and what else? Well, I didn't realize I had so many smart people in this church. <laughs> and then you have the future tense. There's another tense, but we won't go into that because I can't remember all those. Past, per I'm, not even, I'm not even going there. We'll, we'll keep it simple. Present, past, future. When you use the term defeated, it is in the past tense. So it means when I say I'm defeated, it is the past tense of the word defeat. So when I suggest I am defeated, then I am suggesting I have already lost the battle. Don't give up yet, ladies and gentlemen. The battle is not over. Don't give up yet. Hope in your God. Trust in your God. Believe in your God. Don't ever walk around thinking you are defeated.
defeated, that means you've already lost. You have not been defeated. I, I like the verse that you referred to about being cast down and all these different things that Paul says, but I'm not defeated. I, I, I am not, in other words, going to give up. I've been crushed, but I'm still not forsaken. God is still there. Such a powerful scripture that lets us know that we aren't losers yet. However, today as people of faith, and that's what we are, folks. This, this journey we walk, this road called Christianity, let me tell you something. It is a faith journey. Do you know what faith is? We have faith in a higher power today. We don't believe in the Big Bang Theory. We don't believe that one day, poof, everything happened. We believe that when we look outside and we see birds flying around and they're chirping and then they use the restroom on our car, we know there's a God. Possibly with a sense of humor. We look at the trees and we know there is a God out there. We get outside and we get our cell phones and we try our guess, our best. I can't even talk today. We try our best to get a picture of that full moon. Man, it's so beautiful. You can see with the natural eye all the beauty in it. And you're getting your phone out and you're zooming in and you're trying your best and you're... Huh, that doesn't turn out so good. I, you lose pixels. The next thing you know, it's a little blurry. And you need a, a telescope so you can look and really see what's going on out there. When that happens, you know there's got to be somebody out there that made it happen. Right? It is a journey of faith. We trust in a higher power. And because of this, we have been called by Christ to rise above every obstacle and embrace this victorious spirit that God has put within us. Now, I want you to understand real quick the concept of overcoming. It is a biblical foundation. And I could quote scripture after scripture. I started to do a print off and just go to town and quote them, but I didn't want to take too long today. But it is a biblical foundation that overcoming is for the Christian whom God calls the overcomer. When we turn to the scriptures, you can look about victory through faith. You can find it in Revelation chapter 2. He's speaking to the churches in verse 7. And Jesus said to the one who conquers or to the one that overcomes, I am going to allow him to eat from the tree of life. Now somebody thinks about that and says, what's the big deal? What's that? This promise reflects the idea that through Jesus Christ, through faith in Christ and his word, we can overcome anything that we face on this side of glory. Where's the tree of life? Somebody want to take me to it today? You can't do it. The tree of life is going to be by that beautiful river that's going to be transparent. Oh my God, have mercy. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be crystal clear. And on the other side, there's going to be this tree of life. There's leaves that are up there for the healing of the nations. My God, have mercy. And God says that when you get where? To heaven. Then I'm going to let you eat of this tree. But he calls us an overcomer. So in other words, if I make it to the tree of life, that means that I have made it through every hardship that I ever faced. And I made it to the other side. 
every trial, every challenge, every tribulation, I made it to the other side. When other people thought I wouldn't do it, I made it to the other side. And God declares to us, you are an overcomer and the way I want you to know that is because there's a tree up here waiting and one day you are going to eat from it because you were an overcomer. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. But yet, life, life is full of challenges. And we face them. As you age, you know what you figure out? You're going to have health issues. Miss Phyllis, people used to tell me when I turned 30, I'd start feeling it. When I turned 40, when I turned 50, I've heard all kinds of different things. I've had people 80 years old tell me I feel like I'm 18. I'm thinking, seriously? Well, I hope I feel that way. As you age, you get slower. Eventually, you have to use maybe some assistance. It's for your own safety. Nothing wrong with it. You don't have to be embarrassed of it. If you need a little cane for support, go for it, honey. If you need a walker to help secure you, we'd rather you do that and you fall and break your hip and never be able to walk again. There's no shame in it. It's the process of aging. It's life. It happens. We're going to go through health issues. Our body, some of us younger, are going to have health that fails us. Older, health will fail you. It's just called life. It is a challenge that we may all face. We have financial struggles. Haven't we all? I got married came home, me and my sweetheart, yeah, the one on the front pew there, buddy, just that one, that's it, her. We went and we celebrated our honeymoon. Came back with the dog from hell, that's what I called it, it was a demon dog. Old Pekingese, don't ever buy one, that was the meanest little flat-nosed dog I've ever had. Bit me, bit my children, I said, that's it, you're leaving. After that happened, we kicked the dog out the house, gave her to somebody else. Anyhow, the point is, we lived our honeymoon, thought we were have, living high on the hog, got home, and I can't even remember, Brian, what it was, but I believe we had about maybe $20 or something in the bank account. We came home broke. Literally. Some of y'all shaking your head because you know what it means. Y'all got married and y'all were broke too, right? And then Alan Jackson wrote the song, we just living off love, baby. Because we ain't got no money. But we are going to make it through this together, this thing called life. You may have relationship issues that may hit you. Money issues may hit you. So many things that I could say today. But there's one thing that God promised every one of us, and I love the scripture. When he said, I will never put more on you than you are able to bear. What a powerful promise. Now, now, there's some of you that you have been on the brink of that scripture. Are y'all ready for this? And so, as you're going through the trial, you think to yourself, this is more than I can take. Nod your head if you know what I'm talking about. But when you got on the other side, an overcomer, You look back and you thought, man, it was rough. 
But now that I think about it, God never left me. God never failed me. This happened, that happened. I couldn't see it then because I was in my trial. But the whole time, God was strategically letting everything fall into place. I wish you'd help me preach today because this is the God that you serve. He will never put more on you than you can bear. It may, the challenge may seem insurmountable at times, but our faith, our faith, people of faith we are, teaches us this power verse that with God all things are possible so we understand the concept of overcoming it is possible to overcome whatever you are facing right now you're going to overcome through your faith first off I've got the foundation of the word now I've got my foundation that's a firm standing foundation that is my faith it is the cornerstone of our journey as, as overcomers in Christ. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, right? Hebrews 11 verse 1, which is a roll call of faith. He reminds us faith is the assurance of things that we hope for. And it is the evidence of things that are not yet seen. In other words, the assurance is that when we pray, we believe and hope it will eventually happen. Daniel prayed how many days? Anybody remember those 21 days? That's how you got the 21 day Daniel fast. You remember that? For 21 days, Daniel prayed. He opened up his windows three times a day. He prayed to God for the deliverance of Jerusalem. For 21 days he prayed. Thought God had forsaken him. But guess what he did? He opened up the windows the next day. When he felt like God wasn't there, he opened up the windows the next day. And three times a day, faithfully, everybody knew Daniel was going to be at the window because he had a spirit that was victorious living inside of him. And he believed, even though he felt defeated, he still said, I am an overcomer because God isn't going to give up on me yet. 21 days he's praying and seeking God and on the 21st day here comes this angel and says I've been fighting with demons to get to you Daniel but I'm finally here and Daniel embraced that spirit and he walked away and overcome her and furthermore I say to you that real genuine faith when you can really grasp what faith is faith believes even before it sees results that is faith. Faith is when you pray and you ask God for it and faith says, this is your foundation, child of God. If you're a person of faith, this wraps it all up. It is the assurance of things hoped for, but it is the evidence of things not seen. That means through your physical eyes, you cannot see your miracle. Through your physical eyes, you cannot see the answer. You don't hear anything. You don't feel anything. You don't see anything. It seems defeat is all you have. But when the Spirit of God kicks in and says, child of God the answer is on the way if you'll just have faith you will be empowered to overcome whatever you're facing Matthew 8 8 I gotta hurry the centurion replied Lord I do not deserve to have you under my roof but you just say the word and my servant will be healed if your tongue has power to speak life over your situation how much more power does his words have? I'm, I'm going to let, let y'all digest that. You need to for just a minute. I'll be back. 
if when I say it, I have power in my words that it can happen, how much more if he says it will it happen? I like this text. He says, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. All you have to do is say the word. And that's all Jesus did. And immediately the servant was healed. I'm sure this guy had been praying. I'm sure this guy had been pleading. I'm sure before he came that, that he said, God, please heal my servant. He might have laid holy hands on him, even had a prayer. He might have had some anointing. No, I don't know. But no doubt he's prayed for this guy. He's believed. But when he comes to the master, he may say, Lord, I've tried to speak the words, but it's not working. But if you would speak the words, I know it'll work. See, so I want you to know something. Sometimes we just get tired and we get weary. And sometimes we just don't have the strength to fight. Sometimes we... You don't have to raise your hands. Have you ever been that person that when somebody called you, you hit the ignore button? Get offended if you want to. I have done it. I've done it a hundred times. Not because I didn't want to talk to them. Because I didn't like them. It's because I was going through hell on earth and I just needed time. I needed space. I didn't feel like talking to you about your trouble. I felt like I was dealing with my own. Has anybody ever been there? Has anybody? I mean, really, come on, let's be real today. Have you ever wanted to go to the room and just shut up and say, you know what? I need just a few minutes here. Just leave me alone. I don't want to talk to nobody. I mean, even maybe you may even want to be away from your family. You may say, I just want to go outside and walk in the woods. Bless God. There's times that we are struggling and we have to break away. And the reason we can't talk to other people is because we can't even hardly muster the strength to talk to God for ourselves. But if we could just muster up enough strength to say, God, you know I'm tired. God, you know I'm weary. And just like this man, I believe that if you would just say the word for me. If you would just say the word for me, I know I would be made whole. Oh, Jesus, help Jimmy today. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, faith is the foundation for our victory. <sighs> Trials and testings. James 1, he said it this way. He said, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. That means you're going to go through all kinds of mess and junk. But the trials serve as an opportunity for us to grow stronger in this thing we call faith. Ultimately leading us to victory over our circumstances. 1 John 5, 4. I'm about to leave you in just a minute. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. As hard as it may seem, your faith is the key to your victory over whatever it is you are facing. I'm going to leave you with this. We have to overcome self-doubt and fear. When we talk about self-doubt, our enemies sometimes are other people. But I'd say most of the time, we are our own worst enemies. Most of the times that I've been discouraged, it wasn't because of what somebody else said. It was what I told myself. It was Satan fighting against me. And I convinced myself 
I'm defeated. I've pastored since I was 21 years old. I can't tell you the times I've walked around congregation, churches I've pastored in sanctuaries by myself and say, God, I don't see any hope for this situation. What are you going to do? There's, there's no hope here. We're not coming out of this. What are we going to do? And I'd walk around that church when I should have been praying with faith. I was just self-doubting. And I taught myself right out of victory. Nobody had to throw a blow at me. Nobody had, had to say, Pastor, let me tell you what I think about your sermon today. It didn't matter. I went home and I dissected it myself. And I knew I didn't do as good as I should have done. I should have said this. I should have done that. I went home and said, mm, I was supposed to do this. I was supposed to tell this story. If I'd have done that, it'd been a lot more better. Self doubt will keep you from victory. We doubt our abilities. We can begin to doubt our worth, our value for the world, doubt our own strength. In other words, we're not strong enough. But 2 Timothy reminds us in chapter 1 and verse 7, one of my favorite scriptures to a young Timothy. He said, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Through God's spirit within you, Timothy, you are going to be able to conquer your self-doubt. Because Timothy was pastoring folks. He's a young guy. They're older than he is. I feel his pain. I was 21 years old, pastoring 80 years old. That's awkward. Because you're sitting here saying, my Lord, they know a lot more about life than I'll ever know. I'm 21. I just can legally drink a beer. Not condoning anything in the house of God. Just making a point. 21. I'm basically just now becoming a, air quotes, man. How am I going to pastor these people? Timothy has self-doubt. And he says to himself, I'm a young man. How can I pastor these elders? To which Paul says, man, get fear out of your heart. Get self-doubt out of your heart. It's not about you. It is the power of God that is moving and working inside of you. My goodness, I need to tell somebody, you can be an overcomer. I need to remind somebody. The most infamous scripture that I learned when I was in school was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What a wonderful declaration. I can I can fear is a powerful adversary it can paralyze us that means fear can keep us from moving forward Psalm 56 3 teaches us that when we put our trust in God whose word I praise and God I'll trust I shall not be afraid when we trust in God fear begins to lose its grip that it has on us we begin to embrace the victorious spirit and I'm going to leave you with these points number one when we embrace the victorious spirit and become an overcomer this is the first thing we're going to have a renewed mindset this is important in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, he said, But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. As overcomers, we must replace negative thoughts with faith-filled beliefs and affirmations. We change the way that we perceive things. We change the way that we think about things. Not what you read on Google. 
Some of you got a spot on your hand. You looked up on Google and you had three months to live. That's been 30 years ago. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Whenever Google came out. You read what Google said, you know, oh my God, this is horrible. I can look up and see what Google tells me to do as a child of God, and I could walk away feeling discouraged. I'm not talking about what you read on Google. I'm talking about what you opened up and read in your Bible. That's the only thing I'm worried about. When you begin to read that Bible, it renews your mind and your way of thinking. And then you have resilience. Overcoming doesn't mean that you won't face hardships, because you will. Overcoming means simply you will not be defeated by them. That's what an overcomer is. We could take five people, we could do a survey. We could put them through the same trials and the same tribulations, same situations. Two of these people walk out victorious, three break, and they can't make it through. You know why? Because some of these people, they're not going to have this resilience about them. They're not going to, they're going to walk out defeated. We bounce back from our setbacks. We get up after we have been knocked down. We wipe the dust off of our pants leg and we keep moving forward knowing that God's grace is going to be sufficient for us. Go to the next verse. Let me read this. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, Paul said, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan. He tormented me. That means he was constantly bothering him. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it away, whatever it was. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Paul said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses. I delight in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, because this is what I learned about the grace of God. When I am weak, then I am strong. Go to the piano. I'm closing. And lastly, encouragement. Encouragement. When we embrace this victorious spirit, you can go back to my title. When we embrace the victorious spirit, let me show you something. Encouragement is key. As a community of believers, 1 Thessalonians, Paul said, we must uplift one another the world ain't going to lift me up if you got to go to your best friend who isn't saved for help God help the church when I'm down in my spirit I need somebody that can pray I need somebody that can say you know what God's still with you I need somebody that will say how you doing today bud because sometimes that's all it takes to know somebody cares about what I'm going through. And that's what we're here for. We encourage one another. If we don't encourage one another, we're not a real church. We're not the church God's called us to be. We encourage one another. When we stand together, we become a formidable force against every principality against every evil in this world. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in all the world. So in closing today, my dear brothers and sisters, 
as we stand together. Remember that being an overcomer is not about facing difficulties. It is about facing your difficulties with unwavering faith and courage and assurance that God is with us every step of the way. As we continue to embrace the victorious spirit within us, we can declare with confidence, I am an overcomer. Let us pray today for strength to overcome our doubts and our fears. Let us pray for the resilience to face life's trials and for the faith to trust in God's plan for our lives, even though we don't know it yet. Together as overcomers, we will rise above our challenges. We're going to experience this abundant life more abundantly as God has promised to each and every one of us in this house today. I want to leave you with one scripture and we're going to pray and sing and, and close. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or we're persecuted or we're hungry, we're destitute or in danger or even threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I'm convinced no thing can ever separate us from God's love neither death nor life not angels not demons neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's great love no power in the sky above or in the earth below indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord Can you say it with me today? I am an overcomer. You ready? Let's go. I am an overcomer. We got it now. I want all of hell to hear you say it. I am an overcomer. I am not, I may be discouraged but I am not defeated. I may be going through trials, but let me tell you something. I'm coming out on the other side. I may be like the disciples. God, I feel this. I may be like the disciples that Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. But I'm going to go pray. And as they're on their way to the other side, the greatest storm they had ever been in begins to toss and rock their little boat until the Bible says that they were afraid that they were going to drown in the middle of that sea. But what they forgot was that Jesus had already promised, we're going to the other side. It didn't mean that their boat wasn't going to rock. It didn't mean that they were going to be fearful at times and think they would drown. It did not mean that they didn't say, this is our end. But in the middle of the storm, 
walking in the middle of all the trouble and the chaos as if it is still as glass and he's just walking on the water could it be a ghost and they're afraid for their lives oh my gosh this is it we knew they said when you were getting ready to die you'd see things but I didn't know this was it I thought it was a bright light like the stage lights Jesus said, it is I, be not afraid. See, see some of you, this is the deal. You have not made it to the other side yet. You're in the middle of the storm. But what I need you to know is that Jesus is walking towards you. Through all the chaos, he is holding out his hand and he is waiting for a Peter that will say, Lord, is that you? Yeah, it's me, Peter. And the Holy Ghost got on him. The victorious spirit came on him. He said, boys, y'all can stay here and you give me defeated. But I'm about to walk on the water. I'm going to do things I've never done through faith before. Right here, right now. And when Jesus got on the ship, you know what happens. You know what happened. Even as Peter was walking towards him, he had a moment of faith. But what did Peter do? He started looking at the wind and the waves and the chaos and the trouble and all the mess he was in. And he began to sink. There's times you go through the trial, and it's tough. God didn't look at Peter and say, Peter, you don't deserve to be the preacher on the day of Pentecost. I'm giving it to John. Where's your faith? He gently said, Peter, I know it's hard on you. You've been through a lot, but at least you had the faith to try. Let me take your hand and get you out of this mess. And when he gets on the ship and says, peace, be still. It is time for the wind to stop blowing. It is time for the storm, my God, to quit swaying your boat. It is time for us to do what I promised you. We are about to go to the other side. And when they got there, they said, praise God, we are overcomers. God is wanting to do that for you today. If you can be strong enough to say it, I am an overcomer. And it may not look like you're going to make it now. It didn't look like Job was going to make it either. But he did. It didn't look like the three Hebrew boys were going to make it. They should have burned up in the fire. But they made it on the other side. The disciples should have died in the middle that night because of their doubt but they made it to the other side. And I'm saying to somebody today, that is exactly what God wants to do for you. Embrace, not defeat, but embrace that there is a victorious spirit because of your faith inside of you. And that victorious spirit causes me to say the words, I am, I am an So I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives. 
I'm going to let them keep singing here for a few minutes, but if you feel like you want to pray today, there's no shame in it. Just come to the altar as they sing. Whatever your problem is, give it to God. It may not even be your problem. You may be coming praying for somebody else that you know that's, that's really struggling right now. Maybe you want to pray an inter intercessory prayer for them and declare over their life they're victorious in Jesus' name. But today, whatever you need is, I want to open the altars so that you can pray. Let's go. Your spirit lives within me. Your spirit lives within me. So I will walk. So I will walk in your, your spirit.
declaration. today I thank you for your word I thank you for this service today I thank you that your presence has been among your people it has been good to be in the house of the Lord today I ask you that everyone here today would leave encouraged with three simple words for whatever may come their way I am or four words I am an overcomer when Satan comes against them it is my prayer. Surely they can remember it. I am an overcomer. And if we can declare that through faith, I believe that you will work miracles like we've never seen before. We are victorious. We are not defeated. We live in victory in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. Announcements. Thank y'all. Boy, they all over me up there. I'm scared. <laughs> I got Byron waving the thing at me. I got him jumping at me saying announcements. I'm scared. Let's go. Senior adult choir practice today at 530 in the choir room straight down the hallway there. Celebration Sunday will be next Sunday. We're going to have homecoming style meal in the fellowship hall or the gym rather after worship service. It's going to be great. So cook. This is when I say homecoming style meal, y'all understand what that means, right? That means you bring me some fried chicken, some mac and cheese, potato salad, 
Any other things, Jeff? What could we do? Chicken bog? I mean, what? Nine, ten, twelve, however many layers you can make. God bless you. Gap Widows meeting October, Tuesday, October 17th at 12 noon. Just a lot of good stuff there. I promise you, you don't want to miss it. Church membership, if interested in joining the church family, you meet with me in the choir room on October 22nd at 945, straight at the end right here. And I'm going to tell you some great things about our church. And we're going to join you up on Family Day. We're also going to have a baptism on Family Day. I'm going to be working like crazy on Family Day. October 29th. And I am so excited about it. I love baptizing people. I do. I love when our kids help worship. It's going to be great. They're going to do a special that day actually for us. And they're going to take the stage and do one. So we're excited about that. Fall Festival, October 29th. I'm going to be busy on October 29th. All right. What did you say to me? Oh, I thought you said another announcement. October 29th, 5 to 7.30. Please hear me. There are serving opportunities available. Call the office this week. Talk to myself or Sandra. We want to put you down. We're going to need some people to help with welcoming and kind of getting people in. We're going to need some help with, like, uh, hot dogs. We were going to get them. Had a company that was going to do it for $1 a hot dog, individually wrapped. And all you were going to have to do was just hand them a hot dog, chili or no chili. Don't that sound great? It did to me too. But they didn't realize it was a Sunday, so they said they couldn't do it. So the good news is now we package our own hot dogs. So I need help with that, all right? We'll put them in coolers. We're going to make about probably 350 of these things. We don't know how many people are coming through. We've had as many as 400 come through on one of these things. We're fixing to hand out like 600 flyers to the elementary school in Six Mile. So it's going to be crazy. You don't want to miss it. So if you want to help volunteer, you better call because if you don't call, we'll find you. <laughs> God bless y'all guys. Shake hands and be friends. Your